When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go! Jets win it! Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it, Allen. Tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time for midweek news and notes. And so for that, we bring in our friend who covers the Jets, Nick Fauria. Nick, what's going on, man? Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. A lot of great things going on. A lot of great, uh, a lot of interesting topics and storylines heading into the final week of the year. Certainly are. And the first one, this is the top of the list. And there's a lot of news this week, surprisingly, considering that's the last week of the season and the Jets are completely out of it. Zach Wilson has not cleared concussion protocol. He will not play in this game against the Patriots. So his season is over and his Jets career is most likely over by all accounts. He and the Jets had spoken before he came back for that Houston game about moving on in the offseason, Wilson being sent somewhere else. And so it looks like that's going to happen now. And I think it's smart for them not to play him in this game. Now, obviously, if he didn't clear concussion protocol, it's not even a discussion, although I'm sure there's going to be conspiracy theorists out there who are saying that this is all just a cover for the fact that Wilson doesn't want to play and the Jets don't want to play him. But there was no benefit to putting him out there in this game. He struggled mightily against Belichick and the Patriots defense. I don't think that he was going to go out there and light it up against them. The last game he played... Before he got destroyed by the Dolphins, which I don't think anybody's going to hold against him given the situation, was that beautiful game against Houston. So you had two really good games this year, Houston and Kansas City. You had a couple of other okay games and some flashes throughout. What you do is you shut him down, you let him properly heal, and then you work on finding somewhere to send him at the end of the season. The 49ers were able to get a fourth round pick for Trey Lance. You could say that Lance had a little more value simply because he didn't play. So there's still that element of mystique there. I'm not sure what the Jets get. My hunch is probably something around a fifth round pick. But whatever it is, I think the Jets and Zach Wilson are both better off going in different directions this offseason. And now we know we have probably seen the final game for Zach Wilson in a Jets uniform. It's really unfortunate how everything sort of transpired, um, particularly, you know, in the last few months, because the, the way that I always put it was if Zach Wilson had played um, parts of this season like he did uh, in his rookie year, I think his overall outlook looks a lot different. 
um, because he has shown an improved pocket presence. He's shown improved poise, maturity. The arm talent is still there. There's still a good football player in Zach Wilson. Um, but it's clear that it's not going to be with the New York Jets that he is able to uh, let those skills show. And uh, quite frankly, for the Jets, they don't really have much of a choice um, for, for this week against the Patriots. You don't want to throw him out there in a meaningless game like this against a defense that has had his number and terrorized him uh, for the course of the last three years. So it's unfortunate the way everything's transpired. I know the Jets absolutely love the person that Zach is. Um, but ultimately, I think it's a very clear sign that his days in New York um, are numbered and everyone is going to be looking forward to a change in scenery uh, and sort of a just a, a clean shake of understanding that they're not going to be together uh, when 2024 and training camp rolls around. Speaking of a change of scenery, Nick, that is what's going to happen for Dalvin Cook, who is officially released by the Jets, whether some team picks him up and hopes that he can do something for them on route to a playoff berth, I have no idea. I wouldn't have thought that Joe Flacco was going to come back off the couch out of nowhere a couple of weeks ago and help lead the Browns to the playoffs. So anything's possible with Dalvin Cook, but he was very disappointing here with the Jets. His final numbers here, rushing the ball, were incredibly unimpressive. He didn't do much receiving either. From a rushing standpoint, he finishes with 67 carries, 214 yards that's an average of 3.2 yards per carry also had 15 catches for 78 yards he had zero touchdowns and it's not an enormous surprise to me that he was a letdown considering that when you looked at his tape from the last year or two in Minnesota he was pretty underwhelming honestly and if you looked at the advanced analytics on him very underwhelming in fact when you looked at yards above expected he was toward the bottom of the league. He was a player who really relied heavily on having a good offensive line in front of him, completely the product of the offensive line the last couple of years. Before that, one of the most dynamic playmakers in the league, without question. But I think those shoulder injuries caught up to him. He just wasn't the same player anymore. And when you looked at his box score stats, they looked pretty good. But as I said, when you looked a little bit deeper, it didn't look very good at all. If you look at what he did last year, like I said, just from a box score standpoint, 1,173 yards and eight touchdowns rushing the ball, you would have thought the Jets were getting a superstar. It wasn't to be $7 million. It was a bad signing. Now, I'd love to blame Joe Douglas and Robert Sala and all the key decision makers here, but we all kind of know the dirty little secret. The dirty little secret is the reason this was done is because Aaron Rodgers wanted it done. And the Jets were going to do what Aaron Rodgers wanted. So we could blame those guys, but really we know they were just carrying out the wishes of their superstar quarterback. The Jets could have used that money towards somebody like DeAndre Hopkins, who would have made a much bigger impact this year and who I had argued had a lot more left in the tank. And obviously we've seen that is indeed the case based on what he's done in Tennessee with not the best quarterback play. They could have used it on some more offensive line depth. They could have used it on a better backup quarterback. They could have rolled it over for 2024. Instead, $7 million down the drain for Dalvin Cook. I hate saying this because it's nothing against him personally, but I'm going to channel the great Paul Heyman when he talked about the return of the great tag team, Public Enemy, one of the most beloved tag teams in ECW history. They went to WCW for a while, got let go, and then came back to ECW. Everybody thought it was going to be a really fun homecoming. Unfortunately, it didn't work out so well. 
And what Heyman said when he was asked about it later on was, they came, they saw, they left, they sucked, the end. And that's basically <laughs> all you can say about Dalvin Cook's time with the New York Jets. Yeah, it, it was very difficult. Um, and there's really just, if you're looking to blame certain people, I don't know if it's that easy to say because Cook was brought in with the expectation that he was going to start uh, and be the lead back for the Jets as Brees Hall was coming back uh, from his torn ACL last season. And, and the expectation was that it was going to be a full month or a month and a half before Hall would be ready to take the reins as the full lead back. And then, of course, when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, that changes the conversation because you actually need a lead running back to pair with Rodgers to take some pressure off and have a guy um, that can take advantage of some opportunities. And unfortunately, Rodgers going down week one, the offensive line never being healthy enough to really produce anything substantial in the rushing game. Um, it was all just a recipe for disaster. And I think the one thing that I don't think the Jets were really banking on was Brees Hall being ready right away. And you saw it in week one, and it took a little bit for him to get acclimated 100% and get his burst back. Uh, but the first game against the Bills, what do you have, a 40, 50-yard run? Uh, something like that where you saw the explosiveness was there and it would just be a little bit of time. And that really showed that, you know, the signing of Cook wasn't really needed because if Hall is back at 100% and you've got Michael Carter and you've got Izzy Abanaconda, what are we doing here playing a guy who, who needs to get his legs under him as well? Dalvin Cook didn't have a training camp, much like Brees Hall. So there were a lot of issues with the Dalvin Cook signing. I was I was one of the people that thought it was a great move right away because, again, the expectation was Hall wasn't going to be ready or at at least 100% at the beginning of the year. But you look at it and you say, well, if that was the case, then you better make sure Cook is ready right away to play. And he certainly was not that um, throughout the season. And he caught on fire a little bit late. Um, but 28 touches in the last, what is it, nine weeks, that's just unacceptable, and it's not good uh, roster management to keep him on the roster. Um, so they do right by him by releasing him, letting him try to go to a playoff team and play some meaningful snaps. Uh, but this was just really him and pretty much this entire offseason uh, has really just been an adjunct failure uh, by the Jets front office. The hope was that he would be like LaDainian Tomlinson, give the Jets a couple of nice games before Brees Hall was at full strength. Hall was better quicker than we expected, like you said, Nick. And also, Dalvin Cook didn't give them those good games early on. LaDainian Tomlinson, people forget this because they look at the numbers, but he really fell off dramatically after the first six weeks of the season. He ran out of gas, but he served his purpose for those six weeks. I think if Dalvin Cook had done that, Jets fans would have been a lot happier with his performance overall as a Jet. Instead, he leaves here a tremendous disappointment. But as I said, a big part of the reason he was brought here was Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers made his weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee show this week. I don't want to get into the stuff with Jimmy Kimmel because this is a football podcast. And honestly, I'm not interested in it. I just want to know what he said about football and talk about that. So Nick, give us the highlights of what Aaron Rodgers said from a football standpoint in his latest appearance on Pat McAfee's show. Kind of the same stuff we've been talking about, right? It, it's he's he's a quarterback that continues to develop. He's continuing to to um, recover from his Achilles injury. 
Um, and the one thing that I've heard based off of uh, several reports from practice, I know Rich Samini said it as well, um, you know, Rodgers continues to work with the Jets during practice time, and he has looked really, really good. Apparently, according to Rich Samini, um, he was lighting it up in practice today. He's been lighting it up the last few days. Um, and, and you can see that sort of excitement, that rejuvenation um, that Aaron Rodgers has had, you know, being back with the Jets after his recovery um, and going into next season. This is all about uh, getting some extra mojo, some some positivity in what has been a lost season. And that's where Rodgers has been so important for this organization. Because if he wasn't here, you've got a very young team of players that don't really know how to win and are looking to blame people to find the answers to their problems. And with Rodgers, he's a veteran that says, we are the problems right now. Let's solve it together. And next year, we can go and hit the ground running the minute the season starts when I'm going to be at 100% and everyone's going to be aligned and ready to go and know their roles. Uh, the, the, the thing that I love about what Roger does is he's always the optimist. And obviously outside of all the conspiracy theories and all that, that's obviously something that is, is comes with Rogers as well. But the breath of positivity, I think, is so important because with McAfee, with, with the team, with Salah, all these different examples, Rodgers could have easily have said, this team stinks. What have I done? I think I'm going to go into retirement or even tease retirement. And he is fully, fully behind the organization, behind the plan. And, yes, I know it will anger a lot of fans that he's behind someone like Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, but that's incredibly important to have going into this offseason because the Jets are going to have a lot of cap space. They are going to have a first-round pick that could be a top-10 pick depending on what happens on Sunday. And that's a lot of reason to be not tremendously excited but optimistic about the 2024 team. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Nick, what was your favorite part of the Roger Saffold era? <laughs> um, you know, I, I I was there talking to Joe Douglas when the trade deadline came and went, and he basically was saying we didn't stand packed at the deadline. We added Roger Saffold. We added some depth along the offensive line, um, and I was one of the reporters. And, and Scott, you know me. You know how I roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always try to find the the positive side of things when it comes to the teams I cover to, you know, just give a little bit of light into a shadow of darkness, if you will. (laughs) Um, But this was a, this was a situation where even then I was saying they had an opportunity to add an offensive lineman, to add another quarterback, to add another receiver. And they simply did not make a move. Um, You know, you can say, Oh, they brought in Roger Saffold. He's a veteran. Um, he's had experience in the playoffs, experienced offensive line. But the fact that he was never called up from the practice squad tells me that he wasn't ready and he wasn't in playing shape. Uh, I know we got picked up by the Cleveland Browns to be on their practice squad, but if he wasn't signed to the Jets' active roster with all their injury problems, what makes you think that he's going to be available for the Browns You know, in a week or two when the playoffs start for them? So the culmination of the offseason – and I thought it was a very bad offseason for Joe Douglas, was this trade deadline where they didn't really do anything, and they said, we're going to roll with the team we have. We're 4-3. and three. Everything's okay, and we're going to keep winning ball games. And you saw the roster just wasn't equipped enough 
to make a run with all the injuries they had. When I look at the main culprit of why the Jets' 2023 season failed, it's not at the hands of Robert Sala or Nathaniel Hackett. It's at the hands of the injuries and Joe Douglas because of the moves he didn't make uh, throughout the season. And the top of the list is Roger Saffold because the Jets needed a veteran offensive lineman with all the injuries they had. And the fact that he wasn't ready is a huge indictment on the, the entire process that brought him in here in the first place. You got to hope that the Jets' best players don't look at it that way, that they have faith, that they have hope, that they believe that this team can turn things around because you don't want to believe as a Jets fan that the best players on this team, the guys that are starting to become superstars, guys like Jermaine Johnson, who we talked about on yesterday's show with Randy Lang having a breakout season, Sauce Gardner, one of the best players on the team and one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, Brees Hall, who we discussed before, who has been an all-purpose nightmare, even if he's not going to get the major rushing yards this season that we expected. He has a tremendous amount of all-purpose yards. He's going to finish towards the top in Jets history, and you have to figure next year having an entire year of recovery under his belt and hopefully a better offensive line. Things will get better for him. But also Garrett Wilson, who is the most dynamic wide receiver the Jets have had in a really long time. The most exciting wide receiver the Jets have drafted since at least Keyshawn Johnson. And he might be more exciting wide receiver than Keyshawn Johnson, honestly. And that's why if you're a Jets fan, you get a little nervous when you hear comments like what he said earlier this week. He said he's going to do his part to try and help the Jets turn things around. But as far as what the future holds, he doesn't know. I don't think Jets fans should flip out about that because a lot of things can happen. Maybe the Jets don't want to pay him. Maybe the Jets continue to lose and he wants to go somewhere else. There's a million things that could happen between now and then. And I think that's really what Garrett Wilson meant. And the fact that, honestly, the future really is uncertain. But a lot of times you'll hear a player say they want to be on the team they're with for life. Funny enough. Jamal Adams said he wanted to be a Jet for life at one point, and then obviously he certainly didn't want to be a Jet for life. I wouldn't read too much into these comments, but at the same time, the fact that he said them instead of immediately saying, I want to be a Jet for life, does tell you one thing. If the Jets continue down the path they've been on, which is double-digit losses every season, it is possible that Garrett Wilson gets frustrated with that because remember and this is something that a lot of people have to keep their minds on when they think about guys like Garrett Wilson who were always the best of the best Garrett Wilson was a winner all throughout high school Garrett Wilson was a winner all throughout college playing at Ohio State it's a bitter pill to swallow going somewhere where he's not going to be able to win and he certainly hasn't so far if Aaron Rodgers comes back next year and the Jets win some games I think this talk dies down, but if something like this happens again next year and the Jets are bad, the talk's going to intensify. That's just the way it is. You're absolutely right, and it happens with all these young receivers, and and the best example I have is A.J. Brown uh, with the Tennessee Titans. And, And remember, when he was with Tennessee, he was blossoming into a star already, Um, And then Tennessee was kind of at a crossroads, right? Were they going to go all in with Ryan Tannehill or were they going to lightly start a rebuild where A.J. Brown wasn't going to be as part of that rebuild? Uh, And they obviously chose the latter. They chose to trade him to Philadelphia 
Um, Brown was a guy that wasn't going to be content with losing. He wanted to be paid uh, his worth and, and, and the worth that he was as a top receiver. And Philadelphia gave him the money that Tennessee wouldn't. So there are similarities there that I can see with Garrett Wilson. But the one thing that I'll say to everyone is I think everyone needs to relax with those comments regardless. Um, Garrett Wilson's played with four different quarterbacks in every year he's been in the National Football League. The fact that he has had two 1,000-yard receiving years tells me that he is among the best receivers in football right now. Uh, I thought with Rodgers at the helm that he would break the record for targets set by Michael Thomas a few years ago with the Saints. Uh, And I think that next year he will be a prime candidate to do that with Rodgers as his quarterback. Everything sort of just quiets down when you're playing for a a Hall of Fame guy that's throwing you the football. You want to do everything you can to make sure he's happy and content. Um, And I think Garrett Wilson's going to do that. And I think he sees that as well. Listen, throughout the entire season, Garrett has been an, uh, an absolute professional. He has been focused on building up his quarterback, trying to find ways where he himself can improve the team um, and do the things necessary in order to win. So I wouldn't hold much stock into that those comments already because he has shown throughout the year um, that he is patient enough to work with the team, specifically when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback waiting in the wings and the Jets had do. Um, there are a lot of teams out there that are not going into an offseason knowing who their quarterback is going to be. The Jets are one of the lucky few. Um, And I know a lot of people may not like what Aaron Rodgers has done as sort of a de facto GM, but a lot of those moves change when he's the actual quarterback. And when he has a full year, a full offseason under his belt to work with this team, I think it's a, a foregone conclusion that not only are the Jets going to finish above 500 and give Garrett Wilson that winning season? Um, but they, he, they are going to be positioned very, very well where Garrett might have a career year and among the best years as a receiver uh, in team and NFL history. Nick, speaking of comments, Robert Sala made a few of those throughout the week. Talk about that and also talk about where we're at with the injuries beyond just Zach Wilson. Yeah, the interesting thing with Robert Sala today was his defense of Nathaniel Hackett, I'd have to say. He, he gave some glowing remarks about Jeremy Ruckert, um, Joe Tipman. Uh, he, he obviously was very professional with, with Dwayne Brown and uh, what was Dalvin Cook, Roger Saffold, just giving matter-of-fact answers of it not working out with these veterans. Um, but the defense of Nathaniel Hackett was interesting because Robert Sala pointed out a very true fact that I think a lot of people aren't, accepting at this point because of the losses and the way they have lost in recent weeks. But if the Jets win on Sunday against the New England Patriots, they will have won three of their last five games. Now, two of those losses have been blowout via the Browns and the Dolphins. They were shut out against the Dolphins. But if you look at it from that perspective and you look at how the offense has looked through the last few games, there are points to look and say, hey, we've got something here. The Jets are starting to use Brees Hall out of the backfield as a receiving as a receiver more. Garrett Wilson continues to look like a great player. They're utilizing the tight end sets very well. I like what I've seen from Izzy Abanaconda. There are points here and positive points along the offense that you can look at and say, we've got something here. We can build off this. It's a matter of putting it all together when we get our quarterback and an offensive line who can block. Now, Salah's comments, I know a lot of people laughed at it and just – 
threw it away. It's like, I can't stand this guy and everything else. But when you're a coach trying to find positivity in a lost year and keep the guys focused and keep the guys energetic for more going into next season, this is the way, this is the way to do it. This is, this is the way that you keep guys engaged. The offense is moving the football. We got to put it all together. The offensive line hasn't been very good, particularly against the, the 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 Browns and the Dolphins. But there are times where they look pretty solid on the ground. So there's different points to be positive on that end. So his defense in Nathaniel Hackett, I thought, was interesting, just based on the overall stretch that they've had as an organization this year. Um, but it's certainly a sign that first off, Robert Sala and Nathaniel Hackett are all safe, as we all knew. Um, but it's a sign that the Jets are fully aware that despite the struggles they've had on the scoreboard this year, that may not tell the whole story because, again, injuries do play a part. And they've gone through 14 different offensive linemen. And as much as people want to say you still have to find a way to win with those injuries, there are very few teams in the National Football League that can go through the rash of injuries they have had and still be successful. A perfect example I have is the Minnesota Vikings. They're at seven wins right now. Most likely they're going to finish with seven wins because of the injuries they sustained at quarterback. Um, and, of, of course, they've gone through, was it, four different guys on their own end, and they actually lost Kirk Cousins midway through the year and not in week one like the Jets did with Aaron Rodgers. If the Jets win on Sunday against the Patriots, that's seven wins. Are we looking at this Jets season like the Vikings did in the same in the same breath? The Vikings had made the playoffs last year. They were a team that was expecting to compete for the NFC crown, and they just fell flat on their face for most of the year and then were consumed by injuries. I think it's a very fair proposition to say that injuries, you, you can't just throw it out the window and say that's not an excuse because it very well has curtailed a lot of team seasons this year and not just the Jets. Nick Faria covering the Jets. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the midweek news and notes with me. Really appreciate it. For those who want to check out what you're up to and follow you on social media, how can they do that? Yeah, Nick underscore Faria1720 is my Twitter handle. Doing a lot of content right now for Sports Illustrated. A little part-time work to uh, keep myself acclimated in the in the uh, coming months, the starting months of 2024. But I will be at the Jets game uh, covering them in Foxborough this week. So we got the credentials approved. Very excited to end the year uh, as I expected um, to be reporting at these games. So very happy um, that we'll be on, uh, that I'll be on and at that game uh, being able to report it. Make sure you check out everything Nick's doing. Check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Some awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel, so watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-public.com. We've got the John Frank Lemire's Quentin Williams Bless You Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLegaJet.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. 
Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.